Hi, my name is Chris, and I'm the host of the Bearing Life Youth Podcast, the show where we talk to young birders to find out what makes them tick. On this podcast, my guest is Jonathan Breitenbach, and we have a wonderful chat. So without further ado, please welcome Jonathan. All right, so I want to welcome Jonathan to the show. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you very much. It's an honor to be here. Awesome. So tell us a little bit about yourself, Jonathan. Where are you from? What do you do? And um, why are you such an awesome bird? <laughs> okay. Um, yes, of course. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm Jonathan Breitenbach, and then um, I'm from Northwest. Um, I live in Rustenburg. Um, yeah, so actually, I love all things nature, uh, and obviously, especially birding. Um and my passion for nature really started at a young age, um, since I was uh, since I was little, since I can remember. Um, and I've always loved being in the field, um, being out and about. And my my birding journey really actually started in 2017. That's when I joined the, um, our local bird club, and um, yeah, that's when I when I really started birding. And um, yeah, so. My family, no one in my family is really a birder, um, so it's it's at times kind of tough. Um, but yeah, I'm, I really I take every opportunity that I can to to bird and to get out and about. Luckily for me, um, we've we've got a, a nature reserve in our in my own pen tad um, that's not not far from us. So um, uh, I spend most of my time birding there and, of course, in my backyard. Um, so, yeah. I just want to um, tell the people listening to this podcast, if you hear a big bang behind Jonathan, I don't think it's bombs. I think it's thunder. <laughs> yes, yes. No, it's pouring outside. Um, really grateful for the rain. Um, but, yeah, that's going to be thunder, not, 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 not a bomb. Oh, that's that's a relief to you. <laughs> um, so, what did you get into first um, in terms of the the nature? What did you get into first? Was it butterflies? Was it caterpillars? Or was it trees? Or was it birding? Um, so, actually, um, what I got in first, um, more in more detail and and um, so on in more depth, was birding. Um, as I said, I was I was always interested in nature in general, and always looked for bugs, understands, and and um, climb trees, and and you know whatever. Um, but actually, it first started out as birding, and um, yeah, later on, um, it it really started developing um, in interest. Also, still all of nature: butterflies, dragonflies, um, mammals, and and all those types of things. Um, and I started going into more depth um, in those fields. But yeah, it's definitely burning. You said that you had a nickname when you were in primary school, if I'm not mistaken. So what was your nickname? <laughs> yes, um, my nickname was actually Gocha. Um, and that was basically because I always caught bugs and actually brought them into class. Um, and that nickname really started in grade one. Um, I, I, as I said, I always caught bugs and brought them into class. And my grade one teacher, a uh, really, really sweet lady, and she, um, she gave me the garden in front of our class. She said, listen, Jonathan, that's your garden. 
whenever you catch a bug or, or whatever during break, you take that bug, before you come into class, you put it in the garden, and then you know it's safe. No one's going to hurt it. No one's going to squish it or whatever. So she said, that's my garden, and no one's allowed in there or whatever. So now, even nowadays, um, when I meet someone again, I see someone again from my primary school and that I haven't seen in a long time, they greet me like, hey, Jocha, how are you? And uh, <laughs> they don't always even remember my, my real name, but Jocha always sticks. And I think it's roughly translated to uh, buggy, if you want to call it that, or bug. Yes, yes. Any, any bug or, or insect or spider or whatever. A creepy crawly. <laughs> yeah, a creepy crawly. All right. Um, and you recently went on a trip to Pilansburg. Tell us a little bit about what the experience was like. Yes, of course. So um, Pilansburg is a really awesome birding spot. And um, I think sometimes for, for a lot of people, it's really overlooked. Um, and people often focus on a, on a bigger, bigger parks and the bigger, um, reserves, but Pilansburg is really a brilliant birding spot. Um, and not, not only birding in terms of the big five and, and, and mammals and, and everything, but yeah, so, um, we were there this past Sunday and it was really great. So. Um, we started off a little later than I, than I wanted and I would have liked, but, um, so we started off at seven 30 in the morning. Um, and we ended at six o'clock in the evening. And in that time I got 120 species, which is really not bad. That's, that's my personal record for the reserve, um, in a day and yeah, lots of highlights. Um, I've got yellow canary. Um, there were, yes, see, let me think, um, African hawk eagles, common white throat, uh, monotonous lark, uh, red-breasted swallows, uh, cory bustards. There, there were really lots and lots of birds. Um, and yeah, it's a really, as I said, it's an overlooked gem. And, um, I think if you, if you're going to spend, um, a weekend or, or even three days or so in the reserve might even get close to 200 birds. So yeah, it was really great. Um, I've been there a few times and of all the, of all the, the times, this was my best. Nice. And, um, is like 120 species, the, the total that you've ever recorded, like, um, in one day, or is that over an entire trip? Um, no, the, the 120 species um, is for one day. Um, I've previously been uh, to Pilansburg for uh, my birthday, so we stayed over for one night. Um, and you know, I have to remember, I think I've gotten 170 something species for the two days that we were there, um, and they were water thickening and. Um, yeah, there were, there were actually lots of stuff that I didn't get on our, in our last visit. Um, the things I usually see that I didn't get on my last visit. Um, but yeah, if you, if you have a two day or three day visit, um, it, you, you can easily, I think, get to 200. So there's a little bit of advice. If you want to go to a bit of a different birding trip, go to Pilansburg. <laughs> yes, of course. 
Cool. So what is your latest lifer? Birding lifer, I should clarify that. <laughs> yes. Um, so my latest birding lifer is actually um, my number 450. Um, and that is a uh, um, double-banded courser that um, I actually got while twitching the Madagascan cuckoo in Sudoran. Nice, nice. Yes, and yeah. um, how, how big of the celebration did you have? Yes, I, I was really glad. And, and I actually went with, with, with um, other birders. Uh, obviously, my, my parents aren't birders, so they stayed at home. But, yeah, I couldn't wait to, to give my parents the news. They, they, they shared, my, I must say, my parents, they shared uh, the passion and, the, and uh, um, my excitement. And they really do their best to, to, to get me places. Um, but yeah, they're not birders, um, but I couldn't wait to share, to share the news of them. And yes, we had a, um, a, a, a really celeb- big celebration, yeah, because I've been waiting a long time to get to 450. Oh, that's great to hear. Um, well done. Congratulations is in order. <laughs> Thank you so much. All right. And then what is the dreaded bogey bird, the bird that has evaded your capture? Yeah, so that's going to be the fin food. And, um, yeah, it's probably six times already that we, we're in the perfect habitat and places that people has, have actually seen them. And so for some reason, I always climb out second. I get out of the vehicle second. So the first birder, he gets to the bridge. On my way there, he calls me. He says, it's here, it's here, it's here. When I get there, it's gone. I feel your pain. Don't worry. <laughs> I feel your pain. <laughs> yeah, that's that's one tough bird to locate. Yo. Yeah, but one of these days we'll we'll both have the luck. Don't worry. <laughs> yes, we'll both get him. Yeah, we'll we'll send messages to each other simultaneously that we got it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we'll both celebrate together or something. Now, you do something that a lot of young people, I don't think they do. And um, it was, I'll be honest, it's the first time I've really heard about it, to be quite honest. Um, you do something called BioBash, uh, a BioBash at least. Uh, tell us a little bit about that. So basically, a BioBash is um, you go out into the field um, for any, any period of time, I usually go for, for about a day, um, from we, cause our local reserve, that's where, um, I've done the past four biobashes. Um, our local reserve opens at half past five and closes at seven. So we basically go from six to seven. And, um, so we go on foot. Uh, it's a lot of walking. It's about 25 kilometers of walking a day. Um, but you basically record every kind of living thing you can find, um, be that butterflies, dragonflies, birds, mammals, scorpions, snakes, um, plants, flowers, you name it. So um, we try to take photos of, of every species we can find because um, to ID all of those species in the field is, is, is a little tricky. Um, and to, to record it all on a platform, it's, it's kind of rough. So we try to take photos of every species we find. And then um, when, when we get back after the biobash, we submit the data to, um, for scientific purposes. 
So I use a platform called iNaturalist, um, and there's actually a iOS and a Android app that you can download. Um, so what you basically do is you submit your photo of, um, let's say, um, let's say it's a lilac-breasted roller, um, for instance. So you submit your photo. Um, the app gives you a suggestion of what it thinks you, you have seen. So it would say, I think it's a lilac-breasted roller or a um, European roller or whatever. And you select the one that you most agree with. Or if you are 100% certain of your ID, you, you, you punch it in. You, you put it there. So, um, and then it gets submitted automatically to, um, to the corresponding projects. They are projects, say, um, um, butterflies of Africa or dragonflies of South Africa or, or such. So it gets submitted today where the experts then, they ID, um, give a 100% clear ID on, your, on what you have seen. And then they use that to build uh, distribution maps um, to build a database of, of photos and such. So it really helps to, for me, it's important that um, my images and, and, and the photos I take and the, the data I collect in the field um, goes for a good cause. So I like to submit it to scientific, um, for scientific reasons, because you have the data. I have the data. And it doesn't help, I keep it for myself. Um, so there are people out there who can use it and sometimes even need it. So yeah, I like to submit it today to iNaturalist. Then there's also the Animal Demography Unit. As, um, they have lots of projects as well. Um, there are um, LepiMap for uh, Lepidoptera, um, and that's butterflies and moths. And there's Odonata Map for dragonflies. There's frogs. They, there are a lot of different um, projects that you can submit to. So you just go into Google, um, punch in um, the animal demography unit, and there's a virtual museum where you submit your photos. Do you have any advice for people who want to start doing this? Like, what would you say? Do they just need to quickly rush through what they're doing, or do they actually need to take their time and like record slowly what they they see? Yeah. So basically, when I did my first bio bash, um, so it's me and a friend that does it together. So when we did our first one, we didn't know what to expect. We have never done it before. I've heard about it at that time, but I've never done it. So we basically just went to our, our local reserve and yeah, just started recording the species we see and trying to uh, picking up rocks and, and uh, looking under bark and um, looking in the water or whatever trying to find as many species of, of everything. And um, so to get started, just go out and, and uh, get as many things as you can find. And then um, to submit, yeah, take your time. And it really, I must say, biobashing helped me grow as a birder as well. Because you get to see the interactions between different species. You get to see, um, it really helps you to be vigilant um, improves your um, your wit to really 
see a lot of things you wouldn't have otherwise. You learn with every every buyer bash, and um, so yeah, just it helps to just slow down and observe. Don't rush things. Don't try to get it done everything in a in a day or whatever. Try to learn as much as possible. Try to um, to really see what's going on. And um, what I do is I I make a list, um, Excel spreadsheet or whatever. Then I I put say for instance our first buy bash. I'll put the birds on one sheet and the mammals on another sheet, the reptiles on another, and so on. I put every species name on there and with a photo and uh, the date and the location. And what it also helps you, um, it also helps you to um, gain an understanding and uh, really gain knowledge about the, biodiv- the, the, the biodiversity and the diversity of animals and fauna that we have in our country. Because with every species that you don't know what it is, you're going to try and find out. You, you contact someone who knows. You um, also meet different people. Um, so you contact someone who knows more about spiders, for instance, and he then IDs your spider for you and tells you more about it. So there you learn something new that you wouldn't have otherwise. So, yeah, it's just enjoy it, take your time, enjoy it, and try to learn as much as possible. And then you also do something called caterpillar rearing. Can you tell me a little bit more about that? Yes, yes. Um, So caterpillar rearing um, is also a scientific project, um, and it's hosted by the... um, by Lepsoc Africa. Now, that's the Lepidoptera Society of Africa. And um, so what it is, you basically go out, find as many caterpillars as you like. Um, it's not now a, a question of, of quantity. Um, but yeah, so let's say you just take one caterpillar. You find one caterpillar um, today. You take the plant that you found it on, that it was feeding on, you take that, you take the caterpillar, and you put it in a jar, um, give it new leaves, you basically take care of it, like the, like the silkworms you had when, when, when we were kids. So um, you take care of it, um, photograph its different life stages, record the dates when it molts um, or so, and um, you record the date when it um, pupates, and um, when it emerges, you photograph the, the butterfly or moth. And what, what that helps um, is you can, they can make the um, connection between the caterpillar, the host plant, and the butterfly or moth. Um, so w- let's say they, um, they wonder where a specific moth occurs. And... Um, if it occurs throughout South Africa or only in a certain part, then I can look, they know, okay, through the caterpillar rearing, we have found out that it feeds on a certain plant. They look at the distribution of that plant. They see, okay, it only occurs in the Western Cape. Then they know, okay, that moth will most probably only occur where the host plant occurs. Um, And that really helps with uh, conservation, really knowing um, what to protect and, and where to protect. Um, and yeah, it, it creates that link between the plant, the animal, um, the plant, the caterpillar, and the, and the butterfly moth. Awesome. And then 
I also want to ask you about something where we were kind of discussing it a little bit earlier, but do you think it is important to have a camera when you're out birding? Um, is it more of a crutch than a, than actually a tool to help you grow in your birding? So, um, yeah, that's quite um, a controversial topic and really interesting. So, um, recently, or not recently, like a few years back, I realized that um, I relied too I relied too much on my camera, and if I needed to, if someone asked me what color was the wing of the of that bird you just photographed. I wouldn't have been able to tell them. I would have. I needed to go back to my photo to make sure. So, um, lots of times, um, people, birders, go out in the field with their camera, and they photograph a bird, um, and they they can't ID it in the field. They need to go back, look at, take a look at their photos, um, go look in their field guide afterwards. Um, and I know of people who they. Can't go into the field without a camera. They say, "No, I don't have my camera with me. I can't go into the field. I'll miss everything, or something like that." And birding and photography is two different things. Now, of course, birding helps your photography grow, and photography helps you grow as a birder. Um, but you must be careful not to uh, confuse the two, because oftentimes photography can become a crutch, as you said. Um, people rely so much on the camera and they and and the photos they take that that it makes them actually worse birders. They can't ID the bird in the field. They don't enjoy it sometimes even. I've 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 seen people. Um, it's a it's a super awesome species and it it gives you the most amazing view. But the person keeps complaining. It's like no, the light is is awful. No, if only the sun was shining from this side, if only it would turn its head or whatever. And it goes it goes away grumpy. Um, where as you when you really enjoy the sighting and look at the bird, observe what it's doing and its its habits and, and all that, it really it's it's a big difference. So um, yeah, photography for me is really a big part of my life. I really enjoy it. Um, it's also one of my great passions, um, but I've, I've realized that you shouldn't confuse the two. Thanks so much for the chat, Jonathan. It was really awesome to chat to you. I've learned a lot. I've got to go make more notes now because I, I feel like I need to learn more. Um, but yeah, it was really awesome chatting to you. Yes, yes. Same here. It was really great. Thank you. And I look forward to chatting to you sometime soon, eh? Yes, yes. Once again, I just want to thank Jonathan for such an informative and interesting chat. If you like this podcast, please be sure to subscribe to it and follow us on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Instagram.